Hi, listeners. My name is Nat Wittayata Nasset. And my name is Michael Woods. Welcome to Asian Fintech Podcast, a podcast that makes fintech inclusive, accessible, and understandable for everyone. Our guest today is Burl Chavez-Lee, the co-founder of Yield Guild Games, or YGG, a company that's taking the non-fungible token by storm. YGG is a decentralized autonomous organization, or a DAO, for investing in NFTs used in virtual world of blockchain-based games. The company was the first company in the Philippines to be funded by A16Z or Andreessen Horowitz, wow. a leading VC firm based in the US. Yes, wow, you can say that again. And as of August 25th, over 7 million US dollars has been earned and YGG is now paying out over 1 million weekly to the community. Hi, Beryl. It's so great to have you on the show today. Well, thanks for having me, Annette and Michael. Uh, really glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Today we're so excited to talk to you about NFT, play to earn and jobs in the future and all things related to NFT and gaming. I have to say that I'm not educated at all about the space of gaming. Have never been a gamer. The only game I played when I was young was The Sim, which I got very addicted. <laughs> but <laughs> would love to talk to you about the origin of YGG. But before we start, what's your life story? What led you to crypto in the first place? Oh, wow. So, um, Right after university, I spent time in China. I was really curious with a lot of the technologies coming from the Chinese market, you know, the likes of Weisin, Alibaba. So um, I did an internship with an edtech company and then eventually landed a full-time job with a VC called Seed Asia. So we were looking at very early stage tech companies across China and Southeast Asia. So this was in 2012, 2013. And um, this led me to doing a report with uh, Boe Guy, uh, the World Startup Report. And uh, yeah, so that really helped me, you know, cover a lot of technologies from different parts of the world. So we've looked into the African continent, Latin America, the rest of Southeast Asia. Shortly after that, I joined Coins.ph. So I was entrepreneur in residence. It was very early on. I've looked into Bitcoin in late 2013 got into it in 2014 when we started Coins. And I was very curious about like Bitcoin and infrastructure to move funds. So as you know, 10% of our market in the Philippines are OFWs remitting funds from abroad, right, to the Philippines. So that's 10% of our population. So it's a huge market. And uh, I was hoping that looking and tapping into this market, reducing fees through cryptocurrency would be really fascinating to explore. So yeah, so I spent some time at Coins. We've built the on and off ramps um, in the Philippines. So this was acquired by Gojek in 20, uh, early 2019. I also founded a company called CapChainX. It's a tokenization platform. This was in 2016. So very early on during you know, the ICO, the ICO stage, I was fascinated by blockchain as a technology behind Bitcoin. And I just thought that there would come a time where we will be seeing real world assets on blockchain itself. So I was exploring colored coins just because there was no Ethereum contracts at that time. So there were talks about Ethereum, but you know the ERC standard wasn't really that popular then. So I was looking at, at colored coins, then eventually ERC 20, 1155, 721 contracts. And uh, yeah, it started from there until I looked into non-fungible tokens and NFTs and gaming assets and art. So that's how it 
came to be. So how did you find your co-founder? So Gabby, I've actually known him in the startup ecosystem since 2017 when I was doing CapChain. He's been a game developer for almost 20 years. And we reconnected because we started yield farming exactly last year, August of last year. We were you know, exploring uh, Uniswap, Compound, Ave. And he was actually thinking about what if we actually do loans with NFTs and you know all that collateralization. And that was really fascinating. And so we started brainstorming. What's really interesting is there's an area in the Philippines called Cabinatuan City where we've noticed a number of downloads for a particular game called Axie Infinity. And they start converting their in-game rewards to put food on the table and milk for their kids. And that really gained our attention. And we wanted to see how we could scale this even further. And so we've decided, why don't we actually just provide these NFTs? Uh, we buy these NFT assets, provide them as loans uh, to a lot of these players who could not afford buying these in-game um, NFTs to play the game. The key part of your business model at YGG is allowing people to be able to access the game easily. Maybe we can take a step back and talk a little bit about the definition of NFT in case some listeners might not understand what it is. In your definition, what does NFT mean? Some people would say metaverse also. So can you give us sort of a sense of like what NFT is and what is metaverse? Yes. So NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. So if you'd like to create an asset on the blockchain that's completely unique and have a you know unique set of um, metadata, you could actually use a particular smart contract to you know to specify those unique traits and place that on the blockchain. And this particular asset could be differentiated from another asset on the blockchain. And so no two identical, you know, there's no identical asset on the blockchain. They're different. So this is the concept of NFTs. And if you've read the book by Neil Stephenson, uh, Snow Crash, and uh, movies like Wreck Ralph. So I'd say that the metaverse is, you know, another realm beyond our imagination that's not in the physical world. And now we're actually building this uh, new realm, a different world out there. And we're a big part of it. So I think the direction and the future will be the metaverse. I see. And that NFT is the ability for people to actually own assets in the metaverse, right? In the virtual world, That's so right. to speak. So let's go back to the the sort of the business model between the old generation of gaming, which is usually free to, uh, free to play, where anyone can just go on the game and start playing the game, for example, Candy Crush or Fortnite. But how these games actually monetize was by having the users pay for extra items or accessories that they want. And sometimes... Critics usually say that's a pay to win, meaning that people actually have to pay for items or skill so that they can be advantage advantages over other other players. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with NFT and and gaming, there's this new world of play to earn model. What is it, Beryl? Like, can you give us sort of an explanation of what is a play to earn model and how does YGG fit into that? Right. The concept is you you spend time uh, playing a game you start earning in-game rewards. These are in the form of cryptocurrency. You can actually start converting these in-game rewards into fiat cash. So a good example of a play-to-earn game is Axie Infinity. So you enter a game with three NFTs. So 
exactly last year, each NFT or each Axie would cost you $50. So $150 per Axie team. But right now, because of a surge in demand uh, for playing these games, these NFTs have actually gone up to you know $1,500 for a floor price for a team of Axies. But with these three Axies, you get to enter the game, you spend time, and you start collecting in-game rewards called Smooth Love Potion. And through exchanges that list um, Smooth Love Potion in the Philippines, like exchanges called BloomX, um, you can also start converting it into ETH to cash out into Philippine pesos through coins.ph. So our players normally cash out once a month. And by playing um, SLPs, they normally cash out between 40,000 pesos to 60,000 pesos. So that's 800 to 1,000 US dollars per month. That's a sizable amount for, for people in the Philippines, right? Yeah, especially during this pandemic when a lot of people are unemployed or underemployed. And what's the component, uh, key components of YGG that makes this concept happen? What are the main components that uh, have to come together for this ecosystem to work? So last year, we raised a bit of funding, $1.3 million as our seed round. Uh, with that $1.3 million, we started buying in-game assets for various games, Axie Infinity included. And we've also started investing in nine other uh, games we believe would follow um, Axie suit. It just so happened that this year, Axie Infinity became really, really popular. And there's like an entire phenomenon of players cashing out in-game rewards these days because of Axie Infinity. Axie Infinity is the first uh, really successful play-to-earn game in blockchain. And it's proving that the play-to-earn you know, phenomenon and tokenomics really work, that there's really bad. And so because the play-to-earn economy is really new, we're seeing new developers, you know, development as well in the play-to-earn ecosystem. So we're seeing a number of games flourishing as well. Timing for early next year, first or second quarter is um, there would be more games following, you know, Axie Infinity's tokenomics coming out as well. So it's really important for us to diversify and really invest in a number of these games that have the same economics as Axie Infinity. Because we have a community of players, we get to see the responses of our players and which games they are spending more time playing. We at YGG, we end up like doubling down on these like NFT assets that we believe our players really like spending time in. So it's really important for us to be invested in good games. So in esports, there's usually agency that sign exclusive right with particular players to play for them and form a team together. Do you see yourself as doing something like that, but for NFTs? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So after our seed round, we've actually raised our A round. And our lead investor is Bitcraft. The founding partner is uh, Jens, one of the founders of um, ESL. So one of the bigger you know, esports teams out there. Bitcraft will uh, be helping us uh, build the, e- the esports uh, component within YGG. And we're really excited about it. Nice. When is it going to launch? So that I'm not sure yet. It's still something that we've been planning and mapping out hopefully uh, really soon, just because we're seeing a number of players that are turning really competitive. And uh, yeah, I think it's a way to earn more um, SLP rewards when you actually turn these players into even excellent players. Right? 
Now I want to be trained how to play. How do I get started? (laughs) (laughs) So there are two ways, right? So if you actually have the capital to invest, you have enough to invest into a team of Axies, you can immediately uh, go to a marketplace like the Axie Infinity Marketplace. There are a couple of games. Some of the games that we've invested in as well would be the likes of Zedron, F1 Delta, Sandbox. And you can definitely buy these assets on their marketplace platforms. Yeah, so that's one option. The second option, and this is mostly for our community, so a number of them are unable to afford $1,500 right now, right? To be able to acquire the set of axes or the other gaming assets. So what we do is we have our own set of axes and NFTs. If they go to our Discord channel, you know, uh, we pair them up with a manager. We loan them uh, these axes. So the manager helps onboard them. They actually teach them how to play axes as well. They help them as well if they need help with cash out SLPs. And uh, yeah, so we'll match you with a manager through a Discord channel and start playing for free. And that's global, right? Not just the Philippines. It is global. Yeah, so we are in the Philippines right now. Indonesia, we have players in Venezuela, Brazil as well. We have teams in uh, India too. So yeah, we're quite global right now. (laughs) Can I jump in for a second? How many players do you have on the platform? So for scholars, we are able to match at least with 4,700 scholars. But in our Discord channel, we have over 50,000 players that want to play Axie, looking for scholarships. So there's a huge demand. So is there a staking going on as well? In other words, if they're on the Discord channel and let's uh, have some extra cash lying around, I can actually go onto the Discord and find a person to invest in. And then they'll go out and invest in the assets in these games and give me some kind of shared return. So at the moment, Marketplace is not live. So the idea of our Marketplace is to match those with existing NFT assets to put them to work. So it just does not just lie there. We would be able to match you with one of our scholars and uh, you can earn uh, yield. So at the moment, the breakdown is out of the SLPs that's being generated, 70% 70% is actually kept by the player. 20% actually goes to the manager. And 10% goes to Yield Guild Games, the protocol that owns the actual assets. 20% to the manager is because um, the manager really helps the player to come on board. They teach them you know, new skills. So we see that the manager is quite essential within our community. And yes, you know, uh, we're open. Uh, we are open to scholars. We're also open to manager applications. And sooner or later, we'll also have a marketplace to open it up to people who have NFT assets. Got it. And how do you decide from a YGG perspective into which games or game companies to invest and into which NFT assets to, to put your money as well? So we have uh, a few criteria. The first one is it needs to have a land-based economy like land, because land is scarce uh, within the metaverse. The second one is it needs to have a play-to-earn economy. You say that you enter a game, you play, and you actually earn in-game rewards. And the third one is we still dig in a little bit deeper on the relationship of all the tokens within you know, the, the game economy. So uh, for example, with Axie, you have NFTs, you buy them in the market, you play with them, produce SLPs as rewards. But if 
demand for playing activities goes higher, that means to say they need more NFT assets. So you need to burn SLPs to breed these uh, axes, right? And um, yeah, so, and then when you play, it mints SLP. So there's a minting and burning relationship or functionality within Axie Infinity. So we look at those intricacies in each gaming economy. And how do you manage the scholarship, the funding that goes into buying Axies? Is it done, is it done through decentralized autonomous organization? And how does it actually work? So at the moment, of course, when we started the, the DAO, it was started by three co-founders. And so we made a lot of the decisions within the DAO. But as soon as we opened it up to advisors, we have more investors coming in. You know, we get more input from various people. And we're now starting to increase the number of like keys to the treasury. So before it was only managed by the co-founders, but we start started adding more people to for the keys uh, and then one of the safe opener <laughs> yeah and uh so that's an example and then um right now we want to actually be able to accommodate more people in the community to you know pass proposals and to vote with you know a ygg token and so we've actually done um, a sale on sushi last month you know, as a as a way for us to be able to distribute tokens widely. And then uh, sooner or later, we'll be doing more airdrops. We have 45% of our treasury dedicated for the community. So uh, we'll be having um leveling up system. So we want to make sure that those that receive YGG tokens actually spend time playing games, right? Games that YGG supports. And the more that they're active within the community, they send proposals, they vote there will be leveling up rewards as well for them. So that's our way of uh, distributing our tokens to the rest of our community. Is the return that's going to the community coming from the 10% part that you take from the whatever the game players earn, right? Uh, that's right. So 10% is for the entire DAO. Right. For, for all community members, everybody who's participating. So that's the revenue of you know, the DAO itself. Sorry, is there a supply and demand issue here? And maybe I'm misunderstanding, right? But if digital assets, if these digital assets that are getting created and these NFT assets that are getting created, there's no end to the number of them that can be created. Is that fair? Or does the DAO decide that too? So in other words, I just, I'm trying to make an equivalent to to kind of like the diamond market. De Beers like 150 years ago said, we own all the diamonds. We're just going to parse them out and control the prices of things, right? So that Diamonds always feel like they're in higher demand than there is supply, but there are plenty of diamonds in the world. They're just like everywhere in South Africa and it's very <laughs> tightly managed, but an NFT can get created. And I'd love to understand the, the actual digital process of creating it, which would be neat, I think, for the listeners to understand as well. But how do you control the, uh, this idea that someone could just come in and just create a wave of new assets? What does it do to the price of the existing assets and what does it do to the marketplace? How does that get controlled? So. Uh, Depends on demand for a particular NFT. So the idea here is one NFT is unique from um, another NFT. Sure. They're very different. And there might actually be attributes within that particular NFT that more people uh, prefer. It's very much like based on preference yep. for a particular NFT. 
but there will be definitely um, more NFTs that will be minted through time. There will be more artists, more game developers, but it really depends on the preference of the market, like which gaming assets they prefer and uh, which attributes are more special to them. And um, it's really hard to gauge right now, like which one the market would prefer until right. you really see the surge in demand at that particular moment. Yeah, or the or whatever the minted assets are. Sorry, go ahead, Nat. I guess it's that the game owner controls the system, right? They shape how the game is played and the amount of NFT that will be created, similar to like the old world, like yeah. Warcraft and Fortnite, the game owners and creator are the one who control the system. The economics, basically. yes. Yeah. Right. So given that YGG is on the forefront of figuring out which game will become famous and how uh, the people can have access to that. And a lot of them are earning by playing games now instead of having to sit around waiting for jobs at home during COVID, right? <laughs> what do you think the future of jobs will be? Like, will this prevail after COVID? Or do you think, because it buckles me how people get into this. I think we need to look at the market, right? And the economy in the real world right now. Given that we are in a pandemic, I believe that it's still going to sting in the next couple of years. I mean, say that a lot of, uh, you know, these sovereigns are actually have accumulated a lot of debt. I mean, debt. we might be seeing, you know, decrease in uh, interest rates further. We might be seeing a lot of defaults in like debt. And that actually would, you know, would create like domino effects um, throughout the like, economy, right? And so there's no job security right now. So even if, let's just say everybody had vaccines, it's really changed the mindset of so many people, especially for those who've already started playing. They feel that, why should I actually go back to my job that I work in the fields all day for more than like 10 hours, right? So like for them, why would I do that when I can just like have my mobile phone as long as I have internet connectivity and I can just like play a game and I actually earn much more than the minimum wage. Minimum wage in the Philippines would be around $200, $300. Per you're actually earning per month, yes. And now you're actually earning uh, $800 to $1,000 per month. That's much, much more than the minimum wage, right? For some people, they don't even have a minimum wage because it, like in the Philippines, there's huge unemployment, even prior to, uh, to COVID, right. right? 30% of our population is underemployed. So um, that means to say that people are, yeah, looking for a way to make a living. And play to earn such as Axie Infinity, has proven that you can actually make money by just sitting at home and playing games. And so this has changed the mindset of many who've already started playing. So I don't think they would like to go back to their jobs. Well, yeah, that would be interesting to see, right? When, <laughs> when people choose to play games on the blockchain instead of going back to work. I'm curious to know now that so many people are just starting to get into this NFT and gaming space, right? And that I think the demand is partly what's driving up the price of SLP and all the rewards that people get out of the game. What are the factors to drive these token price and the return for the players? So it really depends what the economics is per game. So each game would be uh, different. I could comment about Axie just because um, more people know about how Axie works. So it's really the uh, minting of NFTs here. 
the more that people play, they mint um, SLPs, but then they need to burn SLPs to mint NFTs. So that means to say that there should be more demand to enter a game if there's... So what happened, the reason why SLPs has actually gone up recently is because there are speculators as well on the with SLPs. So, uh, you know, the SLP was constrained and then there was also demand for more NFTs, right? So more burning of SLPs. So that actually increased the price of the in-game asset itself, as well as NFT, because um, there's more people wanting to play the game, you know, and there's just limited amounts of axes out there. So as an example, we were only able to accommodate 4,700 scholars. But if you actually go to our Discord channel, you'll actually see uh, a long lineup of people wanting scholarship. So yeah, so there's much more demand than the supply of, um, that we could actually supply um, our scholars. Can I be de a devil's advocate? Yes, go ahead. Let's say, for example, YGG buys a lot of the axes under its DAO, right? And mm -hmm. so that's why it can fund a lot of players to go play Axie. Is there a way that in a worst case scenario, Axie Infinity collaborate with YGG to maybe, I don't know, control the game at some point? Is there a universe where that happens? Well, for example, they, if you, they put their limit, the, the minting of the new NFTs, for example, that mm -hmm. makes all the NFTs in the market become super valuable. Well, you know, uh, if there's a monopoly for all these in-game assets, of course, that monopoly can actually constrain uh, supply, right? And artificially increase that demand as well. So yes, uh, you are right. It could happen, right? But then with YGG, I think our mission at YGG is to really, you know, help others. And uh, I think the reason why we started YGG in the first place is because we've seen how the pandemic has actually hurt so many people in the Philippines. We've thought that there's a great opportunity to actually make money. And uh, we'd like to lend them NFTs that we have. So yeah, so I don't think it's, a, it's definitely not in our interest to uh, constrain blood artificially. We'd like to be invested in more games. We'd like to see more games in the market. And um, we are looking to supporting uh, more game developers by participating in their early rounds very early on. We're interested, you know, helping game developers as well with their tokenomics based on how we see Axie Infinity and all the other games uh, out there. So it's a very good learning experience as well for the team. And we're really hoping that we apply, you know, best practice, but we're still learning as well, right? There's no perfect um, economy. And, um, and there's so many ideas that we're really interested to see um, within the gaming space. Yeah. So as an example, I'm really inspired with Reckon Ralph, where um, you actually have an NFT asset. So in, instead of this NFT asset going to one particular game, what if, since it's actually an ERC-20 standard, it could actually interoperate with other games, right? So that means to say that there might be a time when assets become really, really expensive that people would not be able to really afford buying you know, these assets. And so the demand for playing a game might actually really slow down. So the curve would start becoming a little flat in terms of you know, um, downloads of the game. Given the nature of games as well, or of players, they're really fickle. That's why in the past, there's always a need to 
come out with new games. So like for us at YG, it's really important for us to really look into like other games, right? And not really, I don't think it's really wise for us to have like assets for one particular game, right? And just control the economy. It's good to be diversified. But at the same time, it'll be very interesting to explore if we have these assets, but then there will be economies that would also accept the, the valuable assets of other games. So the value of that particular asset still stays and they still have that valuable attributes, those rare attributes that people don't have to sell because it could still be used and utilized in, in other games. So I think that's a really interesting concept we're hoping uh, to see in metaverse games. So yeah, there's a lot to explore as well. And we're really hoping that there will be more games um, coming out in the future. It sounds like an import-export market. <laughs> I mean, if you make an equivalent to the physical world, right? It's like you can use it over here, but if you send it to Malaysia, now you can use it there as well, right? So from game to game as well. Mm. Just interesting. And how do people get involved in, in YGG? Apart from playing, uh, is there other ways to get involved with the company and what you're doing? Yes. So uh, for like for our investors who hold uh, YGG tokens, the YGG token actually functions as an index of all these gaming activities that we have. We also have a concept of a sub-DAO and the vaults. So the sub-DAO is... So I'll give you an example. The MVP that we've done is with League of Kingdoms. We have parcels of land and we've tokenized this parcel of land even further. And a portion of that land is owned by YGG, but then there's another portion that's actually given out to the community. So that means to say that when the community builds on top of that parcel of land and they make it valuable, they also have upside. So we wanted to build that subtle functionality so that the players can actually send proposals, particularly for that game for their uh, line of interest. And so I see subdows as a way to create these um, subdow tokens for interest groups so that they can pass proposals and vote for a particular area of interest, like Axie. It could be um, an Axie community in one part of the Philippines, right? Or it could be a manager that just opens his own subdow. It'll be easier for them to actually, in the future, be able to raise funds for their subdow. It's more of incentivizing their community as well, just because of um, upside for all game activities. YGG becomes an index of all these gaming activities within YGG. Uh, so you're saying so that any uh, people can create a mini YGG within YGG? That's a concept, yes. Yeah. So we started with uh, League of Kingdoms by tokenizing that land. And then in the future, we'll be seeing more sub-DAOs based on like specific interest groups. It could be very, very specific, like maybe an Axie Southeast Asia sub-DAO or even more specific to a province in the Philippines or a manager, right? So yeah, so there will be many sub-DAOs and every time that they have activities within the sub-DAO, YEG acts as an index because it owns a portion of um, some of these uh, sub-DAOs. So that's one, you know, if people want to participate in a different kind of um, level, not playing that's one number two is in the future we'll have that marketplace so if anybody has nfts gaming nfts then uh, they can loan them out and we could match them with our community of scholars third is the vault as a DAO, we would like to actually you know share the profits of the DAO to the community so if they they stake their ygg tokens in for example there will be a vault that would give you access to all 
revenue models within YGG. So when they stake it, it's kind of like dividends in the form of uh, reward, like IGG tokens. So there will be a certain ATR that comes along with, with staking. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of Similar all. to, um, we can think of it as they lend you money to run this DAO and invest in the different assets, right? So they get return based out of that. Yeah. So if you're a token holder of the DAO, which is um, a YGG token holder, then uh, you have rights to the profits of YGG. And to be able to receive that profit, then you need to deposit it in the vault because we'd be able to know what your wallet is. And then we'd be able to top it up with the AP, the APR, right? The, the rewards when they take it out. Clear. What's next for NFT in general, in your opinion? Wow. Uh, I think NFT has a really long way to go. I guess we'll be seeing more metaverse games. You know, there will be more activities in the metaverse that could be, you know, even like Zoom calls or, you know, everything will be gamified. Everything will actually be in um, maybe in avatars as well. Yeah, even like when you do your, your gym classes, for example, uh, you might actually have an avatar and then um, you might be just spinning your bike and you actually see yourself you know, as an avatar and you can actually see your colleagues or your, you know, your friends and it should incentivize you. And then you actually earn rewards as well. And to be able to attend your gym or your class, you need to have a badge, right? And uh, you can just enter your, your class by connecting your wallet that contains that badge, right? So there's a lot of things that can be built on the metaverse. I can see that it's an era where people would start becoming really creative and moving physical activities online, right? And uh, gamify that experience even further. Cool. Thank you, Barul. Uh, Michael, do you have anything else? Nope, I'm good. No last burning question. Last chance. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Barul, for spending time with us today. I have a, much, a much better understanding of the NFT and gaming now. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Really glad to be here. Thank you for this opportunity.